I know for sure I would never make a good Hindu. <laughs> the last count that I had, they had uh, 33 million gods. You've heard me tell it before whenever I was in Durban, South Africa, and I went to a Hindu festival, and I saw them as they were worshiping the different gods, and I saw them as they would gather around in groups of people, and this certain person was going to put fish hooks in their back right here, and they were going to pull a little cart with an image of a god. They would take little symbols and tambourines and get them hyped up and going and going and going, and all of a sudden the individual would let out a squall that was blood curdling. They were then ready. The demon had now entered them. So they would take long pins and weave in their tongue like this, pull their tongue out and weave it in and out. Take big grab hooks. You know what a grab hook is, a big old grab hook, put it right in the back. And then they would keep going, going, do more tortures depending on how far out they were. And then they would hook them up to this buggy of a thing. And they would go for several miles pulling it. They were screaming, hollering, shouting. We wound up going to this temple, a brother that took me there. And there were thousands times, thousands times thousands of those people that were there. Knowing my memory, I wouldn't know if I got in a real bad cold situation, I'd pray to the wrong God. If I was fixing to have a car wreck, I'd call on the airplane God. Aren't you glad you've got one? And that one is so sufficient for everything that we have need of. I so appreciate the truth, don't you? I know we say it a lot and it becomes pretty common to us, but the farther we go and the darker that it gets out here, the more I appreciate the truth of God's Word. That He's called us to Himself, enlightened us, gave us the ability to be able to follow Him. Amen. We greet you today in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's a wonderful privilege for us to be together. Let us uh, just pray together. And before we do, Brother Robert Morero contacted me this morning and um, there where they live in New Jersey, the crime has just went absolutely through the roof. And they have a lot of drug dealers and cartel people and things like that that's moved in the area where they are. And uh, Brother Robert and him had a little situation last night. Their car attacked, their tires slashed, uh, different things going on. So him, his wife, his daughter really tore up by, by the situation. Uh, they don't know really what to do, whether to try to relocate or what. They called the police out. And the police told them they couldn't really do anything because the government officials wouldn't let them do anything. So you can see how far the darkness has peered upon the earth. That vandals and crooks and liars and all this has more protection and rights than a law-abiding citizen has. What can we say? Oh, we need to change the White House. Now, we need it all blowed away and the king to come and set up his house. It ain't going to get no better, friends. It don't make no difference who we get in there. It's not going to get any better. There's one thing awaiting us. I saw this week the largest missile that has ever been made upon the earth. It is called by the Americans, the first one was Satan 1. This one is called Satan 2.
It is so massive. It is terrifying to see it. The kilotons that it has on there is like 35 times more powerful than the bombs that were dropped on Japan. The truck, the missile launcher that hauled it, it had like four sets of wheels in the front. So when you turn the stern wheel, it was that big. Four sets of wheels, ten sets of wheels in the back. It was so massive, it was unbelievable. Less than 30 minutes, it can leave Russia and be in the United States. I'm glad we've got a bomb shelter. I read this week where bomb shelters have already started. The sales have been going through the roof. Well, I guess for people who have their faith in that, you probably better buy you one. But for those of you who are ready, your bomb shelter has feathers. It's not concrete. It's not titanium. It's the mercy of our Father. How many wants to be ready? And we want to remember Brother Robert and his family. Also, Brother Darrell had called me from out in Arizona and had sent me a text of Sister Paris in Kentucky had been having some real difficult times swallowing and um, just a real desperate need this morning. And she wanted us to remember her as well. Anyone else have a need, request on your heart? Lord Jesus, we love you so much today. We're just here under such anticipation, Father. Lord God, we're a blessed people. Sure, we have battles, tests, trials, many things that we all face and go through. But we're so thankful that we have you with us to help us to face them. We know the darkness is moving on the earth. Lord, it's such a rapid level. The things that we hear week by week are totally astounding. Lord, to think that one of our law-making bodies is wanting to pass and make a law where marijuana will be legalized. And we think, if these are the people that's passing our laws, of course, no doubt a lot of them, it's what they smoked when they was in college. So now we've got that generation of lawmakers. What will it be if you tarry a few more years? Come, Lord Jesus, get us out of this wretched, dark place. Father, I pray for Brother Robert and his family that should be with them, Lord. Dear God, just so tore up about the situation there. Father, would you help them? Lord, this Sister Paris down in Kentucky, you know this need and this situation, Father. Also, this prayer cost, dear God, that I hold in my hand one of our sister's father and carrying her second child. And you see the reports that the doctors have given her of something that's not right with the baby. Father, we've seen you do it so many times among us. When the doctors would give a terrible report, and yet you'd turn it around. We're asking you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, for a miracle. Lord God, you see all the hands that were uplifted, what they signified. Would you meet it, Lord? Would you speak to us today from your word, in the name of the Lord Jesus? Amen. God bless you. Let's turn to uh, John chapter 1, verse 26. John answered them saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latch it. I'm not worthy 
to unloose. These things were done in Beth Barbara, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. May the Lord bless his words. You may be seated. As I had taken Erica one day this week to an appointment that she had, and I had to leave her there to give fluids, and as I started back, I was driving and thinking and praying, and the Spirit of the Lord quickened a scripture to me, and um, as I begin to hear this scripture going on in my mind, you've had it happen to you, so you know what I'm talking about. All of a sudden, this scripture took on a new light to me. And I was driving, so I didn't want to get my phone out. I have the Bible on my phone and the message on my phone. So once I got to a spot to where that I could, where I could stop, I got my, my phone and typed open in the Bible app and looked up these words. Uh, read with me, if you would, in St. John 1 and 30. This is he of whom I said, after me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. Now, these are the words in this next verse that I heard, verse 31. And I knew him not. And I knew him not. But that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And whenever I was able to read this verse, and I began to think about what John had said, and I knew him not. Now remember that Elizabeth and Mary were cousins. So that would have made John and Jesus and the natural kin. But yet John says he didn't know who he was. Now, you imagine that what had happened as his mother had met Mary and the baby leapt in her womb and John was filled with the Holy Ghost. But yet he says, I knew him not. Now we know and we're taught that John went into the wilderness at the age of of nine. But you can imagine that before his mother and father passed, they were both up in years, that they would have rehearsed to him over and over again that situation of Mary coming to Elizabeth. 
and they would have rehearsed to him the situation of Zacharias being smitten and writing down what John's name was to be, something that supernatural and that phenomenal, you know that godly parents would share that with their children. But how is it that John did not know him? We've been speaking for quite some time about the church and the mystery of reconciliation. To me, what I saw in this when the Lord was dealing with me about it on Tuesday morning was that Christ had so taken on him our human nature and he hid so well in humanity that a man hearing these phenomenal things still did not recognize who he was. He bore common infirmities, common weakness. And actually, if we would have looked at him by the eyes of the flesh, there wouldn't have been streams of glory and light and his countenance would not have appeared like Moses. For when Moses was up on the mount, the Bible tells us they had to put a, a veil over his face because he walked into that Shekinah light and it so imprinted upon Moses that when he came out, they had to put a veil over his face because the people couldn't even look at him. His flesh bore the resemblance of the brilliance of the Shekinah light of God. But here in this appearing of the tabernacle of God, God buried that brilliance, that excellency of his glory, and the brightness of his person. God hid it so deep that even his cousin didn't know who he was. Now when you think of these events, John in verse 32 said, and John bare record saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode upon him. Notice again, and I knew him not. So here is his cousin who had heard about his great birth by a virgin, had heard his mom and dad tell him that he received the Holy Ghost the first time this name was mentioned. They heard him tell him of the phenomenal things that Mary had not even been in touch with Elizabeth. But yet an angel of God told her back in the hill country of Judea that Elizabeth was with child. And an angel told her that she would have a child by the incarnate work of the Holy Ghost. And John had heard all of that. Now, John went into the wilderness at the age of nine and we lose, we lose contact 
with John for several years. There are records of tradition that John went into the wilderness near the Red Sea, or the Dead Sea rather. And he lived in the community of the Essenes. And they taught that there was a great war coming. And it was going to be between the sons of light and the sons of darkness. And John, wherever he was, had not really had human personal contact with Jesus. But I find it hard to believe that he had forgotten all about him. But he still was not convinced that Jesus was the Messiah. Now I want you to think of this, that John says in verse 33, and I knew him not. This is twice he says this. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. So he was John's cousin after the flesh. It was his coming to the earth, even in his mother's womb, that John was dead in his mother's womb. And whenever his name was mentioned, he kicked and started moving around and received the Holy Ghost. It was at his mother's word that she gives this great proclamation, be it unto me according to thy word. Then when she goes to Elizabeth, she begins to speak such wonderful words that she had found favor in the eyes of God. All the nations in the world would call her blessed. God has magnified me. And John heard these stories. And no doubt in his place of solitude, he relived them. And heard his now past mother and father retelling them. And God was dealing with John. It was his natural lineage to be a priest after his father. But God didn't want him to be a priest. God called him to be a prophet. But think of this now, all of this association with the flesh, and he still wasn't sure if Jesus was the Messiah or not. Notice in verse 34, I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. And John says, and uh, the, the apostle John writing this, again the next day after John stood and two of his disciples and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, behold, the Lamb of God. 
And the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. So John did not know who he was by his mother. He didn't know who he was by his father. He didn't know who he was by him being dead in his mother's womb and being quickened to life. He didn't know who he was yet, even though he had received the Holy Ghost by his mother's salutation. Well, what would it take to convince him? Now, I know you're looking at me very intent and you're very quiet. That's okay. But John brings three profound witnesses of who and what the purpose of the Lord Jesus was. He was the lamb. Amen. Amen. As the lamb, his mission was the work of redemption. As Holy Spirit baptized her, amen, he would found what he would call to be his church. As son of God, glory, he would be worthy of adoration, service, and obedience. So how is it that John is identified finally was who this is. Now you'd think that anybody thinking over these instances, who but God could baptize with the Holy Ghost? And John was a witness. He was the first one to be able to receive it like this. Who but God would be able to give a baby which was dead in his mother's womb life? Who but an angel of God would be able to tell Mary that his mother was with child whenever they had, did not have phones, they didn't have Instagram and all that way, but God sent her a message? Who, who but the realm of God would be able to know that? And yet none of that told John that Jesus was the Messiah. Now, the thing I'd like for us to look at today is if John didn't know him by all of that, how is it you and I are going to know him? It's going to take more than studying doctrines. It's going to take more than coming to church. It's going to take more. Well, my grandmother told me, my mother told me, my father, and yet none of your mothers told you what John's mother told him. His mother, no doubt, told him, John, you received the Holy Ghost at the salutation of Mary. I had been so worried. I had been so concerned because there was no movement. Yet, you were a word from God. Amen. Your father and I had tried for many years and we could have no children. But you were a spoken word from God. Amen. And at the sound of her salutation, John, now look, nine-year-old boy. You know, by the time the Jews, by the time the boy had come to the age of 12, they would have his 
bar mitzvah. And that is, he would take him to the synagogue and the little boy would be allowed for the first time to read the Torah and actually stand up behind the sacred desk and the priest would hand him the Torah and he would read the Torah and comment on it. They would have his bar mitzvah. It was a festival and this was his first day of becoming a man. 12 years old, 12 years old. So at nine years old, you imagine how this was embedded in John. His mother's visitation, his father's inability to speak, his father's ability by supernatural writing down his name and his father which could not talk for months, his tongue was loosed. It was one supernatural event after another that led up to this, and yet John said, I don't know who the Messiah actually even is. Now, we know that God has divine reasons and purposes in what he does. And as I look at it, I see myself, the providential hand of God, and how that God did not want John and Jesus being raised in the same community. That he did not want them going to the same synagogue. He would not have wanted them going to the same dedicational service, the bar mitzvah of each one of them. But God sent John way away. And even though he pondered and wondered about the things that had happened, And Harry must have thought in his mind, who else could it be but him? Who else could be able to do these things that I myself have experienced? But John still had to say, who is the Messiah? John, he said, I don't know. I don't know him. You mean you don't know him even though this happened to your mother and this happened to your father? I don't know him. Well, John, what is your opinion? Who would you say? Well, he said, I'm being honest with you. I don't know. But what I do know is this. He that sent me to baptize in water said, on whom I would see the Spirit of God descending. He's the one who baptizes with the Holy Ghost. So no, you say, wait a minute, wait a minute. So him that receives the Holy Ghost is the baptizer with the Holy Ghost? So here he comes and while he's baptizing and people were coming for Anon and coming from all these different parts of Judea and the Lord Jesus comes down. Now remember they had, they had not had close communion and Jesus is 30 and John is there about a little bit older maybe and John sees him walking along the shore just like any other ordinary man, poor looking guy would not have been clothed in really fine clothing. And yet here he comes to be baptized. Now Matthew records it this way. John doesn't actually record the baptism. But whenever he comes and John, maybe look and say, cousin, 
Why, how you, how you been? And he said, I, I, I need to be baptized. John said, oh, no, no, I, I'm not worthy to baptize you. So there was something about him that when he sees him, he knows I'm not worthy to baptize you. Well, he would say that and still not know who he was. Friends, you know, as much as we love studying God's word and doctrine, we do not know him by knowing the Bible. We do not know him by being able to quote Brother Branham verbatim. We know him by knowing the person, the person of the Lord Jesus. You see, Christ is not known even all at once but he's known step by step, illumination by illumination. You see, those going up into the place of Solomon's temple to worship, it was not on a flat plateau that they would just walk right into the presence of God, but they would actually walk up one step after another. This is why that the priest wore linen breeches, the Bible calls it. And that was whenever they would step up on the steps going up into the house of God, that when they parted their leg like this, so their bare leg would not show. So they wore linen breeches underneath their robe because they were on their ascent up to the presence of God. Now John had heard wonderful things about what had happened before his birth. And no doubt it was in a divine purpose because remember John was one of those babies that Herod would have been looking for. He was under two years old. He would have been one of those that Herod would have been looking for. So Joseph, by a vision or a dream rather from the angel of God, takes Mary and the Lord Jesus to Egypt. But Zechariah and Elizabeth do not go to Egypt. They go out into a, a barren place away from the main headquarters and there they stay. So they're apart from the flesh of Jesus. They're separated away and then of course they return after some time and Jesus goes up into Nazareth but still they don't have really much communication. John did not need to know Jesus after the flesh. He needed to know Jesus by divine revelation. Well, let me just tell you, you don't need to know Jesus after the flesh either. Now, there'll come a time we will know him after the flesh. That's not God's way right now. You see, if God would have stayed here on the earth in the form of Jesus' human body, there would not be a church in Johnson City. There would not be one in Mendon, Louisiana. Wherever Jesus was physically, that's where we would all move to. Am I right? Because we would have wanted to bend around Jesus' flesh, but we're not yet ready for that time. So what did he do? He took the body up from the earth, places it on the throne of God, and sends back what? That which is most essential, the indwelling presence of the Spirit of God. 
this. So Christ as the steps going up to Solomon's temple. So is Christ made known the same way. Listen to this scripture in Proverbs 4, 18. The path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. I love the way the prophet deals with this in Christ the mystery. He said, Revelation, it is Christ's way of making himself known to his church. You know, when John was standing there that day and the Jesus comes, he's not Jesus Christo yet, but Jesus, and he comes there to be baptized and John recognizes, and my, the admiration must have just filled his heart. And he knew who he was. Been years since they'd probably seen one another, but there was this respect and this honor. He said, I've got to be baptized. He said, I'm not worthy to baptize you. I'm not even worthy. Notice he knew that Jesus was holy. He knew that Jesus, there was a divine element about him. I hope you're understanding, friends, but he did not yet know he was the Messiah. Now he had such honor that he didn't even feel worthy by the West to take him in water and baptize him. And he said, it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. So let it be done. So here John baptizes him. And when he does, he comes up out of the water. And then here comes Father God out of the heavens in the form of a dove. And the spirit of God goes inside his body. Then the revelation struck John's soul this is him. This is him. Now John knows who he is. So it was not by him getting the Holy Ghost from him. It was not by his mother, his father, on and on and on and on. You know, I'm afraid many times that people get an experience and they feel the blessing of God. Oh, they feel so blessed and they're so happy and they're, oh my, I know him, I know him. And a trial will come and knocks them flat on their face. We know that we're living in the last days and the prophecy tells us in the last days that there will come a falling away. And that falling away is not just going to be out on the denominational world, but it must be around our message as well. It has been and is ongoing. Who knows, it may continue right on. And the reason is, of course, God allows false prophets to come among the people. As the prophet tells us that God changed his mind about his word, that God allowed the false prophet Balaam to come among the people so that it would prove they had no inheritance in the land. God allows false prophets and false doctrine to come among the message of the day so that those who are not really born again by the Spirit of God and have a revelation of who Jesus is, it will prove they have no inheritance in the rapture. Now, you see, the new birth is more than sensation. It's more than feeling, and yet we believe in all that, do we not? How can a woman ever give birth to a baby and not have a sensation? We know that's right. And yet we realize also that many have the sensation without having the new birth. Many could speak in tongues or prophesy or have gifts and not have the new birth. 
But what is Christ's way of making himself known to his church? It is Christ revealed to you that is the new birth. Now, for many of us, we have substituted, well, I believe the message. I couldn't believe the message if I didn't have the Holy Ghost. Taking that theology, it means every devil in hell's got the Holy Ghost there. Because they sure, they're not defectors away from the message. They stood against this prophet. They know he had the goods. Well, praise the Lord. Notice this again. As Brother Branham goes into this now, he said, did you notice Paul never knew Jesus physically? He, Paul never knew him. The only way that Paul knew him was by a revelation, by vision. Is that right? Paul only knew Jesus by the revelation just like Peter did. Peter had seen him in flesh, but he didn't know him by flesh. What? So Peter saw him in the flesh, but Peter didn't know him by flesh. How did Peter know him? By spirit. Now, of course, it's one way it's easier for us to see that Paul didn't know him that way because Paul, even though Paul was alive, Paul, we have no record that he was around the Lord Jesus and any of his meetings. Peter hunted with him, fished with him, uh, ate with him, preached with him. My, all the things they'd done together. But when it come right down to it, he did not know Jesus after the flesh. You said, what's that got to do with us? Because the flesh is in representation of the word. And many think because they know the word and they study the word and they have a head knowledge of the word, they know Jesus. I hate to disappoint you, but you don't know him by knowing his word. I admire John for having enough honest reality about him to be able to say, I didn't know him. I didn't know him. I had an idea. I had an opinion. I thought maybe, but I didn't know him. Notice this, he said Peter had seen him in the flesh, but Peter didn't know him by flesh because Jesus said so. Flesh and blood didn't reveal it to you. Even my own life didn't reveal it to you. Don't you understand, friends, why some folks walk away from the message? They go to seeing the humanity of Brother Branham, and a lot of that is to do with those who made Brother Branham a god anyway, and those who made Brother Branham infallible, and they've taught it for decades that he was infallible, and every word that went out of his mouth was thus saith the Lord, and then we get the message on software and computer, and they go to studying this and studying that, and he said this here and this here and that there and that there, just like all the rest of us human beings do. Come on now. And then what do they do? They're following the message by following Brother Branham's life and once they do realize he was a man, then what do they do? They can't take it anymore. Then all their faith in the message is gone away. All their faith in him being a vindicated prophet of God, they no longer even believe him. They do not any longer want to follow it. Why? Their confidence was in his life, not in the word of the Lord. 
Well, come on now. I tell you one thing, you'd have had a hard time following after Moses. Moses got angry and lost his temper. You'd have had a hard time following Elisha whenever he got angry and called for them two she-bears to come out of the wilderness and eat up 42 kids. You'd have had a hard time with that, wouldn't you? Well, you would if you're following after his personal life of his human flesh. But if you're following the word of God, the humanity does not stumble you at all. Cause your eyes is not on the flesh. I don't mind telling you, I'm glad that we're able to see Brother Branham's humanity. And some of you ain't gonna like this quote, but the prophet said, when you go to looking too much at a man, God will allow that man to make mistakes in front of you. So you'll get your eyes off of a human being. Look, Happy Valley, don't get your eyes on Donnie Reagan's flesh. Don't get your eyes on Darrell Ward's flesh or Ron Spencer or Tim Pruitt or any other preacher. They're all human. They make mistakes. They'll fall short of the glory of God. There's only one perfect one among us, and that's the Lord Jesus. I want you to think all that Peter saw walking on water, raising the dead, opening the eyes of the blind, lepers coming to him and not only cleansing them, in other words, stopping the leprosy from growing, but restoring back a missing nose. Restoring back a cheek that was rotted off by leprosy, fingers and hands, and all of that was restored, and yet that did not reveal to Peter who Jesus was. His own life of consecration and prayer and dedication, they had never seen a man like this. They had never seen a priest. They had never seen a rabbi that walked and talked this way, and yet it was not that that convinced them. Even my own life didn't reveal it to you, but my Father which is in heaven hath revealed the thing to you which is the word of God, and upon this rock I will build my church. Peter didn't know him by flesh, Man walked and handled him and everything else. Paul only knew him or knew him by revelation. Peter knew him by revelation. He walked with him, talked with him. Therefore, you can set this word. Now, I just said that he was the word. A scholar can sit down and read that word till he can tie your mind up in a way if he wants to do it because he's smart, brilliant, get a Catholic priest or not so much as that, but a real good trained theologian in the Bible, brother a Baptist or a Presbyterian or something, he'll make you think you don't know nothing. See, when it comes to talk, that's why all these websites, that's why all these people that's left the message, they're all mouths and no supernatural. All mouths and no supernatural. Well, come on now. If those of you that have left the message, you're right and we're wrong, let us see the signs of God among you. Let us see the living God among you. But until we do, we'll stay in our safe haven. Notice he said when it comes to talk, what? See, because that he knowed him in the flesh, the word. 
Oh. Oh, so now it's not that we walk up and we see a man with nail scars in his hands and, and a, a big hole in his side and nail scars in his feet. And then we say, are, are you Jesus? Are you Jesus? Are you the one who died for me? Now it's not that we look for him in that way. But how will Satan try to trip up so many people and get them to hide and miss the very consolation of the baptism of the Holy Ghost? is that they will hide and run or they will bury themselves in his flesh, the word. <laughs> Notice this, paragraph 250. But the only way you're saved is by know him, by revelation. Look, Christ in you makes him the center of life of the revelation. See, Christ's life in you makes him the center of the revelation. Christ and the Bible makes, oh my, Christ in the Bible makes the Bible the complete revelation of Christ. Christ in you makes you the complete revelation of the whole thing. You see what God is trying to do. What is the new birth then? You say, well, Brother Adam, what is the new birth? It is the revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. Amen. See, you not joined a church, you shook a hand, you done something different, you said a creed, you promised to live by a code of rules, but Christ the Bible, he is the word, that word was revealed to you, and no matter what anybody says, what takes place, it's Christ, pastor, priest, whatever it might be, it's Christ in you, that is the revelation Amen. that the church was built upon. Oh, Brother Donnie, I, I, I know, I know I believe, and how is that? Well, I believe you're a man of God. Well, thank you, I, I appreciate that. That don't mean you got the Holy Ghost. Well, my mama's a good, a good woman. My daddy, I, I'll tell you one thing, I, I believe this message, I'd stand for it with all of my heart. That's good. That's following him after the flesh. But the new birth is not following him after the flesh but it's him being revealed in you. That no matter what you face, you will never turn away from that revelation of who he is. That's why I've told you before, friends, for many of those that are leaving the message and have done so for the last how many ever years that this falling away has been done, many of them are not just pulling away from the teachings of Brother Branham. They're pulling away from the teachings of the oneness of the Godhead. Many of them that were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus are going back to Trinitarian churches, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Church of God, whatever, and being rebaptized in titles. They're not just leaving the teaching of William Branham, they're leaving the teaching of Acts 2, verse 38. Amen. 
Why? Because it proves they never had the revelation of Christ in their soul in the form of a new birth. There are some that have so left this message they no longer believe in God. They are infidels. They don't even believe there is a God. Well, I'll tell you, that's a pretty sad situation, ain't it? And here we are right at the very last of the ages when the rapture is laying right before us in the morning if Putin decides to push that button of the nuclear warfare, we'll be gone in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. Don't come looking for me because I'll be gone. Oh, hallelujah. Whether we are up or whether we are down, when this revelation is made known unto us, if God seems like he shuts the heavens in our face, we will not turn away. If we pray for the sick and they die, it don't change one thing. If we ask God to move for us and it seems like it was in the days of Elijah that the heavens are brass, we do not move, we do not shake, why? We have something even more powerful inside of us than our memorization of the word. Don't misunderstand me, but my revelation of Christ in my soul is more powerful to me than my ability of being able to quote the Bible and quote the prophets and quoting Brother Branham because as age comes on, my memory will get away from me. But I'll never leave that revelation inside of my soul. It is Christ's way of making himself known to the church. The prophet says the new birth is Christ, is the revelation. God has revealed to you this great mystery, and that's a new birth. But you see, there's something about us humans. We love evidences. We looked at it a little bit Wednesday night, for those of you that were here, about how that Israel started polluting, was God's term, polluting the Sabbath. Because God demanded of them that they would stop on the seventh day, and the seventh day was to be a time of contemplation, thinking, praying, not working, but contemplating over what God had done. And God actually called this my Sabbaths. I gave them, we'll look at it again Wednesday night, Lord willing. I gave them my Sabbaths. But here they were placed among Gentiles. So a Jewish man that sold produce, he'd close down his shop on Saturday. A woman who needed, a woman who dyed purple, all of their businesses were totally shut down. Once a week would have been bad enough. Then God commands that the land also gets a Sabbath. Ever so often you're to let the land totally rest. So you lose that Sabbath year, an entire year, you can't plant your crops. Now the almonds that come out naturally, you can get them. Any types of other nuts and plants that come out naturally, you could get it. But you could not go out there and break the soil. So the Sabbath year passed. 
Then the beginning of the next cycle of the next year, it was up into the second year before you got any produce, before you got anything from there. So what did it require? Faith. Believing that God through those other six years would multiply and give you everything you need. But what did they want? Evidence. What did they want? Something, oh no, I can't do this, I can't do this. I've got a big family, what will I do? If I don't plant crops next year, I won't have nothing to eat. Oh, you imagine? It was a Sabbath of faith. And we, oh my, it's so sad to say, but so many of us want an evidence. Pentecost wanted such an evidence of tongues. Many of the message people want an evidence as well. Of course, most of us don't believe in tongues, so we don't really ask for tongues. We settle for doctrines. The seven thunder doctrine years ago became the evidence that you're the bride. You go to a seven thunder church that have the pyramid, you know, with all the beautiful glass and all the seven virtues and all that. That's the way when you walked into one of them, you knew you were in the seven thunder church. And then they had certain cliches and things that they would say. Why? An evidence, identifying the bride. Well, then there come along the Perusia thing. What was that? An evidence. Here's the bride. Well, on and on and on it goes. And yet the bride come right out through the whole thing and says, I don't need an evidence other than his word has changed my life. I don't need to quiver. I don't need to shake. And I love the quivers and the shakes. I'm actually a Quaker. I'm a Quaker. I love to feel the Spirit of God, but when I don't feel Him, I'm still sealed with the Holy Ghost. But yet if we're not careful, we still will want evidence. It's why we cannot trust the Lord of the Sabbath. The Lord of the Sabbath, as the scripture calls Him. We cannot trust the miraculous power that He's done inside of our soul when we were born lost and born wretched and born out of the economy of God. We acted like the world. We fed with the world. Our diet was of the world. And all of a sudden, something changed our life and made us different. And Satan wants to beat us over the head. Well, you haven't spoken tongues and you haven't done this and you haven't done that. It's time for some of you to stand right up in the devil's face and say, out of my way. Out of my way, devil. He has changed my life. I don't need to jerk. I don't need to shout. I don't need to run and jump. I believe his word with all of my soul, with all of my might, with all of my strength. I will rest in my Sabbath. I wonder how many of you here today and how many of you that'll stream this service would have to say like John, I didn't know him. Now I'm not saying that you're lost. I'm not saying that you don't love God. John didn't say he didn't love him. And he didn't say that he didn't have an acquaintance with him. You look at the Greek word there, the way it's written, it wasn't that they didn't know him. I mean, like you, I don't know you really. You don't know me. You know what you think about me. You know what you think about Brother Dale, Brother Larry, you know everybody else, but really you've never seen me. And I've never seen you. But yet I know you, but I don't know you. And John knew him, 
but he didn't know him. Does that make sense? You see, a lot of folks know him. They know his name. I remember Jesus was a common name in the first century there. It was brought over from the Hebrew to the Greek and the Aramaic, and it was Joshua, which is the Greek form of Joshua. So there would have been many babies that would have had that name. It would have been a common name. But yet, his name, Jesus alone, Brother Ram tells us that being baptized just in the name of Jesus is not right. He said, I have many personal friends that are named Jesus. You know, the Latin, uh, Spanish-speaking countries, they still call them Jesus. Right, Brother Danny? Because it's a common name. He was born Jesus, but he became Jesus Christ. Then after death, burial, resurrection, this same Jesus hath God made both Lord and Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Not three gods, but one God. Amen. Amen. I wonder today, friends, you know, when the prophet wanted to so bring this Christ, the mystery of God revealed to the people, and he says, the new birth is Christ, is the revelation God has revealed to you, this great mystery, and that's a new birth. Now, what's going to do when you get all that group together? Boy, I can't wait, can you? You get all that group together where the revelation is perfectly in harmony and God expressing it through his word by the same actions, the same things that he did, making his word manifest. Listen, children. Oh, if the church only knew its position, it will one day, then the rapture, notice, will not come, but will go. Praise be to God. We're not looking for the rapture to come, we're looking for us to go. Now how is it gonna happen, Brother Wesson? Every one of those that formerly could have said, I didn't know him. I sat in a message pew. I, I, I was born in a message home. I was raised here, there, there. Oh, I hope the Lord lets me preach this down to camp. I, I, I was raised in this and that, and yet in reality, I didn't know him because I'd get among my associates and I'd start doing things that a Christian shouldn't do. I'd get among this one and that influenced me that way. That influenced me this way. Oh my, I can imagine Peter, James, and John, Bartholomew, and many of those guys, they love the Lord Jesus, but they they did not have a keeping power. Peter said, Lord, I promise you I'll stand up for you. I don't care what John does. I don't care what Brother Greg does. Glory to God, I'm a real believer. I don't care what Rob does. I ain't got no confidence in Rob, you know. Oh my goodness, I'll stand right there for you, Lord Jesus. And Peter meant that with all of his heart. Oh, glory. But he had not yet known him in the way of the new birth. He knew him in the revelation that he was the son of God. But that revelation alone will not keep you. You can be revealed to you that Brother Branham was a prophet, that God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son. But it's got to be revealed to you. He died for you. He didn't just die for the world. He didn't just die for this one and that one and that one. He died for me. Oh, if the church only knew its position, it will one day, then the rapture will go when it knows 
what it is. That it's not enough for us to see Brother Branham in the Word. It's not enough for you to see your mama, Luther, Wesley, Pentecost, your pastor. You've got to know who you are. Listen to the absolute. The only way you're ever going to know him is to meet him. To know him, his life. Not even know his word. As good as it may be. Yet you've got to know him. To know him. His life. Aren't you glad you know him? Oh, my brother Don, that, that settled a long time ago. Yeah, but don't stop. Like the steps going up into the house of God, we want to keep on knowing him greater and greater. I, I want to know him in a greater way than I've ever known him. Don't you, Brother West? I want to know him in a greater way. I want to know what he wants me to do. I, I, want, I want to know what he wants for my life. Let me understand. The more I can get out of the way and the more I walk in his provided way for this hour, the more I'm learning about him, Brother Jimmy, the more I can see, God, this is what you want me to be, that I'm coming to my place by what? Not just teaching of the word. I could read these quotes to you over and over again, and you would committed to memory and when I go to quoting it you'd be able to do it with me word for word that's still not the way we know him we know him by a revelation that is revealed to you that you have passed from death unto life and the sin question is settled forever you're not up today and down tomorrow up next week and down last week well I was a pretty good Christian before COVID came oh my and now I don't go to church much anymore I ain't got much victory shame on you. You ought to have been a good Christian pre-COVID, during COVID, after COVID. We ought to be a good Christian pre-Ukraine, post-Ukraine. No matter what comes tomorrow by the grace of God, I want to be a consecrated Christian that believes the Lord and I want to be able to stand and say I know him and the power of his resurrection. The stand So tell me, John, how did it feel when you got the Holy Ghost in your mother's womb? So tell me, John, how many times did Mama tell you about this great event? How many times did, you, did your daddy tell you how they questioned the angel of the Lord and he was dumb? And then when he wrote down your name on a piece of skin or whatever it was, his tongue was loosed. Oh, I heard it all my nine years. And then I relived them stories over and over again. But I still wasn't sure if Jesus was the one. You see, friends, this is why it's so important for us in understanding the Godhead. It's unbelievable the amount of Christians in the whole world of Christendom in this day that still don't know him. Because they don't know if he's the Father, if he's the Son, if he's the Holy Ghost. They don't know which one he is and how did he become this? Is he lesser God? As the Arians believed in the first, second, and third century there, he's lesser God. He was a part to come out of God, but he was lesser God. Huh? You'll never know him 
until he's able to reveal himself to you. But when you see him, you'll look down like John, and John said, I saw one throne and one that sat on the throne, and he was to look upon as a sardine stone and a jasper. And he didn't tell John, I'm one of the I am's, but he said, I am the resurrection and the life. God in the Old Testament said, there is no other God beside me. I know of not any. Well, I'm gonna take his word for it since he was there and I wasn't. If there was a God around, surely he'd have seen him up there, wouldn't he? Well, he said there wasn't none. There wasn't none beside him. (laughs) If he said it, I believe it. But it took me years, years of my walk with God to come to a spot that I would know him. I told you before, early on in my Christianity, I prayed to a father. In my mind, a figment of my imagination, it was an older man. An older man. I would pray to the Lord Jesus because I didn't want him to get hurt. He was a younger man. And the Holy Ghost, I wasn't sure what he was, but I didn't want him to be left out, so I prayed to him too. And then I'd go back and forth, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, back and forth. I, I didn't know no different. That's all I knew. I said, Ethan, think of it. And then I went from that to Jesus only. Lord, I've been all over the whole map, just like some of you all have. I went from a Trinitarian to a Jesus only. Oh, I remember one time me and Harry was in a tent meeting with a brother down in Kentucky, Brother Homer Stevens, and he went to preaching about Jesus, and he was preaching about Jesus being God but being man. Oh, my goodness, you talking about ruffling some feathers. You remember it, Harry? The man was closer to the truth than we were. Oh, boy, I got all bent out of shape. My goodness, because I had Jesus only doctrine in me. Thank you for being patient with me, sir. He's probably saying, you still got a long way to go, too. I know it, but don't give up on me, okay? I wonder if there's anybody else in here besides me and Brother Dow that's still got a long way to go. Ah, praise the Lord. But I know this one thing. I want to be able to say, I know him. But you're not very smart. I know that. I'm really too old now to get my GED. I didn't graduate from high school. And I didn't have a GED. And I don't have any degree. I've had some, you know, honorary things that's been given to me before about all that sort of thing. I just trash them whenever I get them. Ain't no good, no way. I don't have a GED, but I've got a great big GOD. I'm too old to start learning, you know, human addicts and therapeutics and all this sort of thing. I'm too old to learn theology, but I'm not too old to learn more about the Lord Jesus. I just want to keep on climbing. Not long ago in the city of David, they unearthed all this sand and rocks, and they found what they believed to be the original steps that would start the ascension up to the temple that Herod built. Actually, they went under them and started excavating under there. They found second century coins. They found the setting of a gem dropped out of a woman's ring laying underneath that. First and second century things right there. But they found on the ascent up to where they'd go up to a pool. And there they would dip before going into the presence of God. This is why when we come to church, we don't always get... You know, nice sermons. 
We're out there in the world. We're rubbing shoulders with all them. And when we come here, we start our ascent into the presence of God. We need to be washed. You know what I'm talking about. We need to be washed as we're coming up into his presence. I tell him all the time. I've never asked him for too many personal things. I don't want to be rich. I don't want to be famous. I don't want to be none of that sort of stuff. I've never asked him for too much for myself. But I do ask him for this. I want to hear him say these words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Anybody else? To me, that is the greatest thing that I could be given at that day. One day, you and I will be allowed this yearning that we've sought for for so many years to know him in the flesh. There's something about us as humans we want to. Why do we so grieve when we lose a loved one? Those of us that have a loved one that is gone, we know they're ready to meet God. We don't worry about where they are. My goodness, they're so much better off. I was in my desk this week and getting an envelope out of there and I pulled out an envelope and it just, I felt so sad for a moment because when I pulled it out, Sister Linda, it was Brother Jimmy's handwriting. Brother Donnie. Brother Jack, you'll send me an email every now and then and it's still using Brother Jim's email and I, I get it. And I think, oh my. Our brothers and sisters that have gone, are we worried they're lost? I ain't worried they're lost. But why, why we grieve so much? We miss them in the flesh. We were made to know one another in the flesh. Don't you understand? That's what this yearning is in us to see him. Oh, praise God. One day when we're called up and we get to go before him, all of y'all no doubt will precede me. I'll probably be the last one, but I really don't care. And I'll finally get to come up and see him and look at him. You know, have me and Carol to sit down at the far end of the table, way on down at the far end. Then he'll come out with this great robe on. And me and Carol will be sitting there crying, looking across the table. We'll see you and your wife and you and yours. And we'll say, we made it. We made it. And he'll take his robe and say, Donnie, or whatever my name is, don't cry no more. Your battles are over. You've made it. And I'll raise up my eyes and look at him. Oh, Jesus. Then I'll get to know him in the flesh. And that's what I'll look at for eternity. And when he sits on his throne, and there he will be embedded, as it were, in the Shekinah of the Father. Shekinah, as we say it. When he climbs up on the throne and sits down and will have changed bodies and these rays will emanate from this great, great Jehovah. And there will be Father hanging over his son. Praise God. Brother Ron Peterson had a dream about it years and years ago. I think I've told you, but it was like in the resurrection when we were all gathering together. And we was all gathering together and People coming from everywhere. And people just started worshiping the Lord Jesus. 
And he was just kind of above us. And as we started worshiping him and our voices was lifting the throngs of thousands times thousands. And the louder our praise would become, the higher he would swoop around and go up in glory. And the more we would praise him and the louder we would get, the higher he would ascend until he got to where he was way above us here. And the saints of God, by the hundreds of thousands and the millions, were praising and adoring and worshiping and magnifying the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let's bow our heads. May I say to you today, Please don't accept anything less than the Lord Jesus revealed to you in such a personal way. It's too late to play church, friends. We still don't know which way this war is going to go. Is this the last one? I don't have a clue. But somebody here today may not live till next Wednesday night service. Could be me. Could be you. So we want to be ready. Just make sure that you have passed from death unto life. And if you know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, then you need to stand your ground. And when that devil comes to you trying to make you doubt your experience, you need to rebuke him and tell him to go back where he come from. Because this token brings an assurance, a rest, Praise God. It must have been a horrible feeling that night in Goshen. They were close enough to the Egyptians. They could hear them scream and cry. Maybe a father, a priest, raised a little curtain and he could see the blackness coming through where they were. But death could not touch their house because the token had been applied. Oh my, darkness is moving on the earth. Our nation is engrossed with such filth, corruption. Oh my, help us, Lord. But let us make sure the token is applied and that death cannot strike us. It won't be physical death this time, but spiritual death. Let's make sure we are alive. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus. May you move on every heart today, Lord. I know this is unusual. I I wrestled with it about bringing it. But yet I couldn't get away from it, Lord. None of us could say what John said. None of us could be able to relate, really, in the way that he would have related. And he still didn't know you. Peter had hunted and fished with you, rather, and been around you. He still didn't know you. Lord God, maybe there's some here, some of the sound of my voice, and they've been in church for years of their life. But they still don't know you yet in that way of revelation. Because they get out... They do their work at week and they go to school and 
They go to sinning and doing this wrong and that wrong. Father, may you make yourself known to them today, I pray. If there's a one here, Lord, that's not where they need to be, may the Spirit of God deal with their hearts. Oh, Lord God, after today, may they be able to say like John, I did not know him, but I heard him calling my name that day. I did not know him. I'd walked up the steps to the temple of God, but I never made the place of that holy sanctum where I got in behind there and the veil dropped behind me. I was a Christian in the outer court, constantly having to wash at the laver every day of my life. I even made it, maybe some could say, into the menorah of a seven-branch candlestick. I knew the church-age messengers. I rallied in what the prophet had to say and the church-age messengers had to say, but I couldn't live the right kind of life. Oh, Father God, may we be able by faith to raise the veil that separates us. May it drop behind us as we walk into that Shekinah glory. Hallelujah, glory to God. Lord Jesus, we worship you, Father. May your presence, I pray, Lord, come near us now. No matter if we've been healed, no matter, Lord, if we've been raised in a message pew, Lord God, may we know beyond a shadow of a doubt we might know serpent seed. We might know the Godhead. We might know this or that. But Lord, I don't want to just know the serpent seed doctrine. I want to know you. Amen. And Lord, I met you years ago, but I want to know you more. I want to know you greater. Oh, Jesus, let me keep ascending. Let me keep climbing the steps until I enter that great day when I will be able to see you in flesh. I want to crawl up to your feet, Lord, and bow down before you. Hallelujah. Raise my head as I lift them up off of your feet after I kiss you, Lord. Say, Lord God, you save me. You call me. You fill me with the Holy Ghost. You helped me, Lord. You helped me when it was dark. You helped me when it was difficult, Lord. You gave me strength, Lord God. I'll be able to see you, Lord. Oh, Jesus. We worship you today, Lord God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We magnify your name, Lord God. Oh, Jesus, we rejoice in your great presence. If your presence is this awesome, I can't imagine what it's going to be, Lord, when we get there that day and we're able to see you and touch you. Lord God, minister to your saints, those that are sick, Lord, those that are depressed, those that are sad, those that have got besetting sins, whatever their needs are today, Father, in the name of Jesus, may your presence minister to your people today, Lord. We worship you, Lord God. Can we just raise our hands now in the presence of the great king? Let's just forget about our lunch right now and what you got planned for the afternoon. Glory to God.
He's here. He's not here in a body form, but he's here in spirit form, in comforter form. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He wants to be loved. He wants to be worshiped. He wants to be adored. Oh, John, maybe you had an experience when you was a little boy. Oh, maybe there's a sister here that you had an experience and you was a little girl, but you're not where you were. You feel you need to know him in a greater way. Maybe this spoke to your heart today to help you to know he's standing here with his arms wide open. He's beckoning on your heart, brother, sister, pulling you to a deeper consecrated walk. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you, Lord God. Praise your holy name, Lord Jesus. Almighty God, King of kings and Lord of lords. Now unto the King, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be dominion and power forever and ever. Paul goes on to say, who in his times shall be revealed and he will show who is the only potentate. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The only potentate, not one God among many, one God among three, but the only potentate, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Our husband, our healer, our redeemer, our forgiver. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Sing something for us, Harry. Let's, let's just worship him now just a little bit. All praise his name, children. Just love him. Now you, you and the way that God deals with your heart, praise the Lord. Just worship him. Let's just bless him together. Remember this that we feel among us is the very thing that's going to change our body one day. And it's like Rebecca was that day when she went down there and watered them camels. Packed hundreds of gallons of water for them camels. Little did she know, them camels was the same thing that was packing her back to her husband. This Holy Spirit that we're watering, giving praise to this morning is the very thing one morning that'll change our bodies in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Our gray hairs will be changed. Hallelujah. All of our weak, feeble parts will be changed by the power of God. We'll all become young people again. Young men and young women into the likeness of the Son of God. Praise the Lord. Let's water this power. Let's water this power. Oh, Jesus. We adore you, Father. Lord, I want to water the promise of you completely healing Alicia. I want to water the promise today, Father, of you restoring her balance and this dizziness completely being gone. Father, I want to water the promise of you moving for Brother Ron Spencer and driving this evil thing from his body. I want to give you praise today, Lord Jesus. I want to water the promise, Lord, that you're going to raise up Erica and restore her back 
Father, as I told you this week, I'm not just asking you to give her life, but I'm asking you to give her position back where she can be her mama, where she can be her church, Lord. It breaks her heart not to be here. Lord, we water the promise today. Lord, maybe there's a wife that needs to water the promise of her husband being saved. A husband that needs to water the promise of his wife being saved. Lord, whatever we need to do today, we want to do it right now in the great presence of the King. We water the promise that our children are coming in. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I wanna water the promise today that every name on the Lamb's book of life will be in before we go home. I wanna water the promise, Lord God, hallelujah, of the great things that lay before us as the people of God. We worship you today, Jesus. Think of ours. We love you, Lord God. We magnify your name. Lord Jesus, the world will we worship you, Jesus. To we worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. That longing in your soul. You can search this wide world but to be just, be just as, as before you'll never find true satisfaction Oh. 
Jesus, draw me close, oh, closer, Lord, to you.
fades all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's worth that will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have desired you search much deeper within through the way things appear you're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship oh it's all about you it's all about you Jesus I'm sorry Lord for the thing I've made it it's all so much today thank you for calling us into your presence we believe you're the one who called this meeting today we think it was more than just us well I think I'll go to church today we believe you knew this service before the foundation of the world Lord God may we receive something from it Lord help us I pray for those that are sick or weak or whatever they have need of Lord God 
In the week coming up, may you be our strength. May you be our grace. We pray for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine, in Russia. Lord, hearing from them still and thanking you for what you're doing, Lord. And, oh, God, we just pray you'd watch over them, Father. Unless this is a prophetic war, Lord, that must come, then we pray may peace come. We know your prophet has told us that sometimes demons, which are the head of nations, will get jealous of one another. And they will get among the people and starts a war and revolt. All the images that we're seeing coming from there, Lord, them poor people losing their lives, many of them others losing their homes, their children, they say thousands of them being captured and packed away to Russia. Lord God, move for your people, I pray. We know there'll be war and trouble on the earth until you come. Hasten that day, Lord Jesus, when the Prince of Peace will come back to earth again. Satan will be bound a thousand years. We'll have no tempter then when Jesus shall come back to earth again. May we be ready for that great moment, Lord God, we pray. In the name of Jesus. And the saints said, Amen. How many wants to be ready to go away with him? God bless you, saints. Love you in the Lord. Can we sing that, Harry? Our Lord is coming back to earth again. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Sorry for us. Our Lord is coming back to earth again. Amen. Yes. Thank God. Yes, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Praise the Lord. Satan will be bound a thousand years. I'll have no tempter then. After Jesus shall come back to earth again. Shall come back to earth again. Will I?